In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, make us worthy to pray. Thankfully, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one through Christ Jesus our Lord. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever, amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. So we want to thank Mina Iskander for uh, taking the time to prepare for today's talk. We've had a really nice series, uh, which will be completed tonight on the Catholic epistles. And uh, it's been very beneficial for me to listen to some of the servants in our church uh, do all the research they've done. It's been great. And so with that, I want to hand it over to Mina, and uh, who will talk today about the last uh, of the uh, Catholic epistles. Thank you, Mina. Um, so, uh, introduction for the epistle uh, for St. Jude. Who is St. Jude? So, we have three persons in the New Testament are called Jude or Judas. So, uh, first one is Jude, the brother of James, and one of the 12 apostles. Um, and some believe also his name is called Thaddeus, um, and mentioned in, in, in Matthew, Luke, John, and, and, and Acts. So this is the first one, St. Judas, but it's not the one who wrote the epistle. The second one is uh, Judas or Jude, the author of this epistle, and he is the brother of the Lord, uh, cousin of his. And, and I think most of you know, like in the Middle East culture, uh, cousins are considered are like brothers and sisters. So um, that's what's in the Bible when they mention uh, brother of Christ, that's his cousins. Uh, most of the time, and also some people, they say uh, sons of St. Joseph, uh, uh, but most likely, uh, most of the Coptic fathers, they say it's uh, like his cousins, okay? So the author is St. Jude, uh, the cousin of Jesus Christ, and also uh, he, has a, he had a brother called James, and the author of the uh, St. James epistle, uh, and they were cousins. Um, and St. James, he was considered very highly in, in the early church, and he leaded the first council, um, and also mentioned in the book of Acts. So the second one, this one, St. Judas wrote the epistle, and then Judas Iscariot also, like, for sure, everybody knows him, who betrayed the Lord. So that's the, the author. Um, and the epistle is only one chapter. So it's not a, a very large book or like uh, have a lot of information and, and words and stuff. It's only one book, uh, one chapter, and uh, it's 20 verses, but it's full of gems. It's like it has a lot of things we can think of. And um, to be honest, when I was preparing, I was stuck in the first three verses for maybe a couple of days or something. So um, the first two or three verses, we talk much about them, and then the rest will be, like, we'll go through them, but um, it's it's really rich episode. And uh, <clears throat> from this episode, like, uh, I wanted to talk about three verses or keywords, being humble and preserve the faith and the sermon. So um, the, the, the episode is basically talking about faith and the false teachers and stuff like that. But includes also some verses. It's not just only talking about the false teachers, but we can get a lot of benefits, spiritual benefits for ourselves 
from this episode. So these are the three words I think we can focus on. Um, so please don't get bored if I go slowly at the beginning. The first three verses will be long, but the rest will be quick. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> the first verse says, Jude, servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. Um, so here St. Jude, he boasts in being servant of Christ. Although we talked about he is the brother of Christ. He didn't say, I am like St. Jude, the brother of Christ. No, he said this, the servant of Jesus Christ. Um, so he started with a lesson teaching us about humility. And the best way to teach is by example. So he by himself is giving us the example. So this is a very good way of teaching about humility. And also he said brother of James. And James, it's, as I, I mentioned, he was very well known in the early church and he did the first council. So all people know that he, James, the brother of Christ, means also Saint Jude, the brother of Christ. So start with a good lesson about humility. And also, like, we can learn if we attain some success in life or earthly position or even spiritual virtues, we should not boast but should be humble at work, at home, at church. So we can apply this lesson to our lives, even in spiritual way. If I have something spiritual or materialistic or anything, I can also be humble. And this is a good lesson for us. And then the rest of the, <clears throat> the second part of the first verse says, to those who are called sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. So this part, I will take it into pieces. So we can talk about like different things. So um, the word called, uh, not for any favor we did, we are called, like he is talking to Christians and we are called not for something we did, but it's for God who first loved us. And um, it's for men to either accept or reject the call. Uh, and this like calling and acceptance from our side, it reminds us like, with the relationship between faith and work. Faith, it's something given to us from God and we didn't work for it. It's a, it's a gift, it's a grace. And work, it's something we do. It seems too little to accept the call, but it's something from our, our side. Um, and they go hand in hand, the, the faith and the, and the grace. Uh, I remember uh, one time we were talking, me and some friends, and trying to describe this um, faith and work or this grace and work. So we uh, put the example of, um, having a father buying a Ferrari car, like very expensive car to his son. So basically the dad, he did everything. He got the expensive car to his son, but the son needs to take the key. So it seems like it's a silly thing and very small thing, but if he didn't take the key, he will not use the car. So we have our part to do, even if, it, if it's small, consider to what did for us, but we have to do our part as well. And it's a, a continuous process. It's not just, let's say, the, the son will take the key for one day and then return the key or will lose the key. The next day, he will, be able, will not be able to use the car. So he needs to keep the key. He needs to 
accept the word um, or the grace from God, which is for us is repentance and confession. It's uh, our work for, like from our side. We accept the grace of God and uh, we continue every day in doing that. And St. Macarius the Great, he also um, have an example saying, if a king plans to stay in a city, the house in which he is going to dwell would be cleansed, fumed, furnished, and adorned. The servant of the king will do everything, but the house owner should let them in and let them do the thing for the king. So just to open and do our small part, this is um, maybe what we can do on our side. And uh, also St. Macarius said, the house of the soul is the heart and uh, it needs to be prepared for the, for the Lord. So it's a continuous process. Um, and basically the repentance and confession and also doing the good works. And if we continue in the first verse, um, we talked about being called. Uh, the second thing we want to focus on sanctified by God the Father. So sanctification. So it's in, like in the same like same way as we are called, also God sanctified us. And uh, some verses I, I tried uh, to bring like similar verses um, to those to those who are called sanctified by God the Father and preserved. Uh, so First uh, John one seven, the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanse or sanctify us from all sins. And also in Revelation, those who washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So we are sanctified in the blood of Christ and. Uh, in front of the Father are sanctified. So when, when the Father looks to us, he sees the image of his Son and the blood of his Son, which is like on us, and we, uh, or we are sanctified in, in the blood of Christ. Uh, as in Revelation, this is like, this is a good verse. So um, also, I when I was thinking about this part, the sanctification by God, uh, I remember the, um, the Old Testament, the angel who killed the firstborn of the Egyptians, he saw the blood of the lamb on the door and, and he passed. And it was not one time act, like it was not only one time and it's done, the story is done. But actually the Israelites dedicated their first son to God and used to offer a sacrifice for them um, until Jesus came and then the sacrifice stopped. But the main point is um, we are sanctified in God and it's a continuous act. It's not just one thing. Um, and also, uh, one of the things I heard when I was young about the blood of Christ and confession and things like that. Um, so I heard that the priest during confession takes the sin and put them on the blood of Christ. So the grace is there, the blood is there, but we just need to repent and like to use this grace and the priest is basically they call him sometimes the servant of the sacrament so the priest is like taking our sins or our confession putting it on the blood of christ and then we are sanctified and the last part in the verse uh, talking about preserve it in jesus christ um and i was trying to find the meaning what does it mean preserve it in jesus christ so i found few uh like maybe a couple of verses um 
in the same epistle, St. Jude and verse 24, he said, to him who is able to keep you, like preserve you from stumbling and preserve you faultless. So we are preserved in and by Jesus Christ from stumbling and faultless. And also St. Paul, he said, God who saved us and called us, it's kind of like preserved us uh, with holy calling according to, uh, not according to our works, according to his own purpose and grace. We talk about grace and in the calling and sanctification, which was given to us in Jesus Christ before time began. So we are preserved and sanctified in Jesus Christ. Um, and I was thinking also, um, about Jesus Christ is the image, the, the perfect image, which we were created on God's image. So Jesus Christ is a perfect image. And this image was preserved in Christ because God doesn't change. And we are renewed into this image. When he came and uh, came to, to earth and uh, died for us, he renewed our image again. So the image and sanctified state which was lost by the first Adam, when he fell, Adam and Eve, was preserved and regained and renewed in the second Adam, Jesus Christ. So this is um, just some thoughts about preserved in Jesus Christ. And also I was thinking, okay, in this verse he mentioned God, the Father and Jesus Christ. What about the Holy Spirit? So um, it will come later on, I think in, in verse 24, uh, about the prayer and praying in the Holy Spirit. But if we keep talking or if we still talking about the sanctification and the calling and preserved, preserv preservability, um, so the Holy Spirit is actually works in us and attains such a state. So let's say if I want to preserve something, um, if I have a position and I want to preserve this position, so it means that I have something valuable. Um, I have a state or uh, a position, and I want to maintain and preserve this state. How can I first attain this state? So it's the Holy Spirit who works in us and help us to attain this holiness or sanctification and being close to God. And then we are preserved in Jesus Christ. But the Holy Spirit works in every one of us. So I was looking for some verses and I found uh, about the Holy Spirit. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure, which is the Holy Spirit work in us. Likewise, the Spirit also help, helps in our weakness, for we do not know what should we pray for as we ought, but the Spirit, Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself, makes intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. So also the Holy Spirit as part of the Trinity is working in us uh, and helping us to attain this state which uh, we preserve in Jesus Christ. Um, and also I remember Saint Seraphim of Sarov, he used to call or say that the main Christian goal is to acquire the Holy Spirit. So when we acquire the Holy Spirit, we gain this image again or we, we are raised up by him. Um, so basically that's it. the first verse talks about humility uh, and talks about calling, sanctification and being preserved in Jesus Christ 
So really, this this uh, even if it's a one chapter episode, but it's full of full of things. Um, I think I'm halfway through now. Okay, second verse. Um, it's a nice greeting. Uh, he's saying, "Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you." Uh, we'll take also one piece at a time. Um, but actually, this epistle, as I mentioned early, uh, St. Jude is going to talk about the false teachers. Because at that time, so uh, the epistle of St. Jude is the one before Revelation. So second book from the last, like from the end. Um, so it talks about things um, later after Christ. And at that time, they started to have heretics and false teacher and things like that. So um, he is going to talk about this problem of the false teacher um, who didn't preserve the faith in, in the Lord. But before he, like, he starts talking about the false teacher, he wants to teach us something. Like, what is mind? What is the mindset we should have before dealing with the false teachers? And that's very important because many times we can find people arguing about different things, uh, church stuff or maybe not church stuff. And they just argue, but what is the right approach if we want to discuss something or uh, correct somebody or maybe we don't agree with somebody. So I think this is a, a good verse to teach us how to approach this if we want to, to talk to a false teacher or somebody who is like having a wrong teaching. So um, it's a nice verse. So talking about mercy. Um, so God's mercy leads us to humility. Back to the point when we talked to one of the three things we want to talk about, humility and preserving the faith and the discernment. So mercy, God's mercy for us, it reminds us with humility. Um, so... And it's something we don't deserve, like it's a, a grace from God. So if my brother, let's say, if my brother falls or have a problem or say something, something wrong, I should remember God's mercy and I should have mercy on my brother, not to crush him or judge him harshly. So uh, this is a good way, a good approach. If I want to correct somebody, I should remember God's mercy. So I will also have mercy. And also, in the verse, talk about peace and love. Um, so, peace is uh, it's our aim, like it's our goal, to have peace with everyone and to imitate Christ. He is the King of Peace. Um, not to, to do like the other people when they go in discussions, they argue and they fight. There is no peace in fighting. So, um, St. Jude, he, he, he says, when we talk, we should have peace or when we act or deal with people, we should have peace. Um, and also he, St. Paul mentioned here, uh, but avoid foolish and arrogant, ignorant, sorry, dispute, knowing that they gen generate strife. So when we are talking to somebody, let's say unbeliever or somebody we don't agree with, we should not go into uh, ignorant disputes, but uh, other like, Rather, we should attain, uh, our attitude should be in humility concerning those who are in opposition. So maybe somebody I don't agree with, but I approach with humility. If God perhaps will grant them repentance 
so that they may know the truth. So this is a very good approach. And by doing this approach, we avoid like disputes, but we approach in humility and with peace. So this is like a peaceful approach, let's say. And also we approach people with love. Um, so love is the beginning and the end. God created man because of his love. Um, it is the reason uh, why God created man. And this is the reason why God came and died for us. And this is also the reason uh, when God will come again to save us in the last day and take his ch children to heaven and reign to reign with him. Uh, that's all because of his love for mankind. So St. Jude also is asking us when we approach or when we live generally in life, we live with life. Uh, live with love, sorry. <laughs> um, and I had some question in my, my mind <clears throat> about love. And I was thinking like, should we love our enemy? Uh, should I love the sinners? Should I love the murderers, the adulterers? Um, or what should I do? And I think, yes, it, let's love our enemy, but hate enmity. Let's love the sinner, but hate sin. Love the murderer as a human, but hate murdering. Let's love the adulterer, but hate adultery. So yes, we can apply it. It's not easy. Uh, it's truly a challenge um, to differentiate. Let's say if somebody is hurting me, to love the person, but to hate fighting or to avoid fighting back or hurting him back. Uh, it's a challenge, but yeah. May God grant us such wisdom and discernment. It needs discernment. And this is one of the reasons I consider um, like the word discernment, uh, it's important. It needs wisdom from God, how to do all this. Um, and then the third verse, uh, started to talk about the false teachers or just introduction so uh, in this verse beloved while i was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation i found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints so he wanted to talk about salvation and salvation is a very big topic. And Sanju can spend like chapters talking about salvation. But because as we talked uh, earlier, at that time, they started to have false teachers. He wanted to focus about preserving the faith. And as a shepherd for his sheep or a teacher at the church, he should make sure that they have the right teaching and um, he should guide the people. Um, which shows us how important and precious our faith. Um, it's, it's, it's going back to the, the previous verse, it's, it needs discernment, how to be lenient and how to be loving um, without compromising the faith. So uh, we need to preserve the faith and also be loving. And the faith is, is a, a big topic. So next slide, we talk more about the faith. Uh, it's not just the, 
the intellectual ideas or the the concepts we believe in but also faith it's an active faith it's a practical faith let's say if i know uh, let's say uh, my this building i'm in will, will fall down uh, as an information but i don't go out so my faith will not save me stuff like that so there is a practical side to the faith not just intellectual side um okay so that was verse three from verse four to 19 we take it in the next slide so from verse four to 19 saint jude give examples uh, uh for false teachers and angels who didn't preserve their faith and the grace granted to them by god so he gave us a lot of examples and I was thinking instead of just reciting the biblical examples and telling the stories, I tried to extract some points to measure our faith, our practical faith against um, these examples. Okay. Um, and one thing also I wanted to mention, we talk about false teachers, but maybe somebody will say, uh, I'm not a teacher. Uh, actually, we are all as Christians, we should be teachers, not even we don't have to say it by word no, we don't need to to talk to people but our actions our attitude is a way of teaching and preaching so even saint paul uh, he says we are ambassadors for christ as though god were pleading through us we implore you on christ's behalf be reconciled to god so yes he say we are ambassadors ambassadors maybe not teachers but the same same thing, we are ambassadors for, uh, for Christ. And God is pleading through us as Christians. So God is showing himself through us. So if we are, as Christians, we are not doing the right thing, this is kind of false teaching. Um, okay, going to the example, examples here. He talks about the fallen angels. The fallen angels didn't preserve the faith in God and his lordship but they had pride. So this is one of the problems. Uh, false teachers might have pride and good Christians should not have pride. So we are as Christians, do I trust in God? Do I think I, or I think I know better? Maybe I think I know better than what God's plan for me or something like that. So uh, yeah, pride is one of the problems. The Israelites didn't preserve the faith in God, but followed other gods. So as Christians, um, do we remember God? Do we focus on him? <clears throat> do we put him first? Or do we worship other things like media or like I spend my whole day doing something else or worldly stuff or stuff like that. So um, if we do that, we are not good teachers. We are not good examples. Sodom and Gomorrah also uh, they didn't preserve the faith in God, but they followed their lusts. So we should be aware of this. Like we should be careful. Do I follow my lusts? Do I live like luxurious life, excessive food and possessions? And do I follow my sexual tendency or like everything like that? So different types of lusts. Um, I think of. Like Christians live this way, they are not good Christians and they are not good teachers, not a good example uh, for Christ. 
um, Cain, also he didn't preserve the faith in God and followed jealously. So uh, he was jealous of his brother and he killed his brother. Do like do I do the, I do the same? I'm, am I jealous? Like for what my brother has and I don't have. Um, Balaam also um, in his story um, that's back in the Old Testament then preserved the faith in God was seeking a prophet. So God told him bless the Israelites but he like tried to bless and the king told him I'll pay you more but like uh, don't bless them and stuff like that. So am I truly like seeking the Lord or looking for a prophet? Uh, but um, I remember one of the funny things um, I heard back in Egypt. Uh, they sometimes they say I don't know. Like people, they say the same here in the United States. Uh, sometimes they say like this guy. Maybe he likes to serve at church, so people they think he's a good man, and uh, then like he will be a good husband, or like he they will think highly of him. Or this girl is serving at church, so people think of her she is a good woman and then like I will get married to her something like that stuff like that so whatever the thing like we have to like look are we doing things for God's sake or seeking a prophet and also uh, uh, Korah also in the Old Testament he didn't preserve the faith but was rebellious against Moses um, so this thing I, I like I think we see it sometimes in the church or other churches am I am I rebellious against the priesthood and authorities Maybe I don't agree with everything, but being rebellious is not a, a good thing. So just some, some examples of keeping the faith and being good Christians. Um, I think we are almost done. I have only two slides more. Um, so uh, verse 20 to 22, and then we have uh, the, the rest of the verses. Uh, so back to the, the main points we want to talk about, uh, preserving the faith, being humble and also discernment. So he ends up, but you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So here he mentioned the Holy Spirit as like praying in the Holy Spirit. In other words, preserve your most holy faith, accept the work of the Holy Spirit through prayers. So uh, this is our part. God is working in us uh, through prayer and we our part also we should preserve the faith um the next verse keep yourselves in the love of god looking for the mercy of our lord jesus christ unto eternal life so keep yourselves here it's like being preserved in christ and you remember mercy remind us with humility because it's like god's mercy we didn't do anything to um to gain this mercy it's God's mercy. And also God will keep us and preserve us unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making distinction. So this is the, the part which we talked about. Um, we need a lot of wisdom from God. Uh, we need a lot of discernment. Uh, have compassion on some. Because there are some situations we have to be firm. We cannot be lenient or... Um, compromise anything we have to be firm uh, and make distinction so uh, this part of stuck talks about wisdom and discernment from God how to uh, live our life 
and then the conclusion of the, the epistle now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to prevent pre present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to god our savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen thank you that's all thank you so much mina that was very nice uh a lot to talk about in uh, just one chapter epistle so uh thank you for that um the uh it's i think it's very fitting that at the end of scripture we look at the catholic epistles um even today's talk kind of emphasizes the same thing that after the gospels and after we learn about the life of jesus christ and after we look at the works of the apostles through the book of acts and also the writings of saint paul um, that at the very end in the catholic epistles there's a common theme of uh embracing the virtues like mina talked about today faith, hope, love, and discernment. And when you read some of the church fathers uh, commenting on this, uh, they will sometimes uh, argue a holy type of argument about which virtue is the greatest. You know, love, is love the greatest? Or is humility the greatest? Uh, St. Anthony said discernment is the greatest of all virtues. And uh, it's like they're in a garden uh, arguing about which rose is the most beautiful, right? Which one should we embrace the most? But the, the truth of the matter is that when we embrace one, we embrace all the virtues, right? If you ha truly have faith and believe, you're going to be humble, you're going to be hopeful, you're going to love those around you, you're going to have discernment uh, through, the, through the grace of the Holy Spirit. You'll have humility, um, which is uh, contrary to how the, um, the devils fell, right? Through pride, we enter into king and then we're kicked out of uh, heaven, we are entering into heaven through humility. So these wonderful virtues that the Catholic epistles emphasize, especially that of love and humility and faith, um, resound once again and again and again through, through the Catholic epistles. So uh, it's fitting that we end in today's talk emphasizing these same things that Mina told us. So thank you so much, Mina, for putting in the time and effort uh, to prepare for this. And thanks for all the speakers uh, who work so hard on uh, bringing us uh, this uh, really nice discussion on the Catholic epistles. And with that, we'll end it with, uh, with the Lord's Prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, make us worthy to pray. Thankfully, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And through Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever, amen. The love of God the Father, the grace of his only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, the communion and gift of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Depart in peace. The peace of the Lord be with you.